Sales and marketing technologies need to be aligned to optimize revenue growth. Today, you're going to get a practical plan to help you align your technologies from Chief Revenue Officer, Daryl Prale. Are you ready to accelerate the growth of your business? Welcome to the Revenue Growth Podcast. This is the place for business owners, sales leaders, and marketing professionals to get ideas and inspiration to drive exponential revenue growth. Each week, you'll get actionable insights from the world's leading marketing and sales thought leaders and practitioners. Are you ready to grow? Let's join our host, Daryl Amy, author of Revenue Growth Engine. Welcome back to the Revenue Growth Podcast on C-Suite Radio, the world's largest business podcast network. I'm your host, Daryl Amy, trailblazer and growth architect. We are all working to get it done in 2021, and to help drive revenue, we need sales and marketing to be aligned. That's why it was so much fun to kick off the 2021 Sales and Marketing Alignment Challenge earlier this year. Companies that work to align marketing and sales see results. And if you missed it, no worries. We're releasing some of the content on the Revenue Growth Podcast over the coming weeks. And if you want all of the content from the challenge, you can catch the recordings at 2021alignmentchallenge.com or simply text the word alignment to 21,000. We're also going to give you access to bonus sessions throughout the year, including the session we have coming up with Mark Schaefer, author of The Marketing Rebellion, on April 21st at 11 a.m. Eastern Time. If you miss it, no worries. It's going to be recorded. Just go to 2021alignmentchallenge.com, sign up, and you'll get access to that recording and all of the other incredible sessions. One of the most important areas of sales and marketing alignment is around technology. And quite frankly, this is a place where many companies struggle. So today, you're going to hear an excerpt from a session on technology alignment at the 2021 Sales and Marketing Alignment Challenge. The session is led by my friend, Daryl Prale. And as a chief revenue officer with both a sales and a marketing background, Daryl brings rich insight into how to align technology to drive results. In this session, Daryl shares a list of technology categories around which you can align your sales and marketing. His take on this may be different than you expect, but I think you're going to want to grab a pen and a notepad for this. So let's get ready to learn from Daryl after a brief word from our sponsors. Today, we've got an alignment point that has really been a challenge for a lot of organizations. And I think this is time we're going to really work today to get on the same page, Jim, with technology. And technology, on on the one hand, uh, Daryl, it weaves in with all the other points, but we thought it was important to make it its its own alignment point because uh, I know in working with a lot of uh, audiences and clients that it's either, well, we don't want too much automation. We don't want too much technology. We want to have the right personal touch, but we, we're not sure where our data is coming from. We don't want to be inefficient. And this can be such a frustrating and mysterious element for so many revenue growth teams. And you, you've got some uh, data for us right here. Uh, just the fact that this is not something that a lot of, of professionals feel comfortable with. Well, there's so many different data points we could pull from, but I picked one today. You know, 43% say lack of accurate or shared data on target accounts and prospects was the biggest challenge when it comes to aligning sales and marketing. You know, do we have the data? Where's the data? Um, you know, is, you know, marketing has its own plan for technology, sales has its plan there's disconnects everywhere. And you're right. I mean, there's automation and they're just bringing the personal uh, interaction into it. All of these issues come into this topic of technology. And today we want to have an, a discussion, a practical, open and honest discussion about aligning our technology. So when I began thinking about this topic and we were going to who is going to address us on this topic, there's nobody better that we could uh, bring to the table than our friend Daryl Prale. 
Daryl, you know Daryl from Monday. If you were here on Monday, Daryl was the comic relief in the sales and marketing alignment skit with Dan Disney. Uh, and he is also a world-renowned, nice guy, funny dude, and technical expert. Daryl, welcome to the sales and marketing alignment challenge. It's great to have you here today. I, you know, I'm thrilled to be here. I'm going to, I'm going to do something really stupid. All right. I'm aging myself for those uh, of a younger generation. You may not get this, but uh, have you noticed that we have Daryl in between his brother, Daryl and his other brother, Daryl right now on this screen, <laughs> like there's a, or is this done on purpose just because Jim is getting older and he's not really sure who anybody's name is anymore. So he's going to say, Daryl, I'm just kind of curious. <laughs> I also want to express this. Go ahead. Go ahead. In the, in the chat, if you understand the old TV show reference, put it in the chat. Maybe you'll get a, an extra discount code. <laughs> <That's right. laughs> I, I also want to express displeasure because I don't know. In, you folks don't know this, but that was a phenomenal promotion there by uh, by Jeb Blunt. Um, but what you didn't notice is that directly behind his very wide hips <laughs> is the logo that says Vanilla Soft as the premier sponsor of the show. But you can't tell because Blunt's hips Way too big. <laughs> Amy, I need you to work on that. Well, we will uh, about that we'll do that. We do have the logo splashed across the top. And and you, you know, do. Yes. Thank you. And and what I will say is is just a huge thank you. Um, for those of you who don't know, Daryl is a chief revenue officer, a CRO at Vanilla Soft. Um, so he brings a perspective of both sales and marketing. Uh, working to align those. And as a bonus, he's like neck deep in the latest technologies to make it all happen. So, um, and we're here this week. You're here. If you're here, you didn't pay for your ticket. Um, so hats off to Daryl because he did. Uh, uh, thanks to the <laughs> friends at Vanilla Soft for uh, making this possible. Daryl, I'm really, really excited uh, to dive into this topic uh, because I believe that technology alignment is a critical thing that's you know easily overlooked just because people maybe have given up. So uh, whatever your reason for not being aligned, it's time to get aligned right now. And so without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Daryl Prale. All right. Thank you so much, folks. I got to be honest with you. I've never given a presentation before ever around technology uh, in the pursuit of sales and marketing alignment. And so I I did what every single one of you did. And I've done this numerous times over my career, which is I sit down and I go to Google and I do a search and I do things like sales and marketing alignment, right? What do you see? Pros and cons and tips and tricks. And there's some really great content out there. Some of it's marketing skewed, some of it's sales skewed, but there was some great stuff. And I want to show some of that stuff shortly. I've got a few tabs open on my screen here. Uh, before I get there, I do want to give you context. So um, Daryl mentioned that I am the CRO. Now, I wasn't always a CRO. In my life, I've been a sales rep. I've been a marketer. Uh, I have been a head of sales and I've been a head of marketing. I've been a head of sales and marketing. Uh, when I joined VanillaSoft uh, three years ago or so, I joined as CMO, the chief marketing officer. Uh, but last July 1st, they they bumped me up. They gave me the big kahunas chair of chief revenue officer, which you all know means I've got like six months max before they turf my behind and I'm out of here looking for my next job. Um, and the first thing I did, literally, and it was actually, this is, I'm not making this up. This is a point of conversation. It was negotiation before I accepted the job was I had to create two additional teams if I was taking it. One of them was sales enablement. And we'll get into that. The other one though was revenue ops. And both of those departments uh, are like tied to the hip up to here on technology. And it was all about, I needed a holistic cradle to grave understanding of the buyer journey. All right. It, you know, how did they find us? What was the process? You know, working their way through the funnel, the from top of funnel to middle of funnel, it's marketing side. Then they do that handoff, right? Maybe an MQL to an SQL, which is maybe a marketing team to a sales team. And then they work their way through an opportunity into a deal. And now they're being onboarded. And now they're being, you know, now they're with customer success. And, you know, do they renew? Do they leave us and churn? What do you know? 
I needed that visibility. And I needed that visibility for a couple reasons. Uh, for the person who's in charge of revenue, I needed it to make sure that we were actually generating the right customer acquisition costs, right? You know, where we're having the right performance, the right conversions from sales stage to sales stage. For the person in charge of marketing, I need to make sure that all my spend was actually optimal as far as the return it was bringing back to me. But most importantly, and this is, if you take anything away from this conversation today, it's this. I needed <clears throat> empirical data so that no matter who I went to in that whole journey, marketing or sales or maybe success, I could say, this is the problem. Here's the data. It's not me saying it. It's not the fact that I like Tommy better than I like Sally. It's not a personal thing. It's the data. The data is what the data is. And we need to align around the data. The data says you're doing great. Keep doing more of that. The data says you're doing bad. We need to fix that. And that was huge. And the next thing I did was I started referring to everybody as the revenue team. Yeah, you're doing marketing and yeah, you're doing sales, but we're all doing revenue. And we that gave everybody a common goal. And then we had to have shared tech. We had a common goal. We had common systems. And then we had to have shared dictionaries, shared you know, conversations, shared vernacular, shared language. So it wasn't just the technology, but the technology was what allowed me to make those cultural shifts and allowed me to physically uh, hold people accountable and, uh, and reward them if they did well. So there was that. Um, when I, when I want to walk through today here, because it's a tough topic, I even said to Amy, I said, Daryl, you know, I, I love the topic, but where do I start on this? Like, this is so broad. And as you might imagine, he was not helpful at all, uh, but we still love him. So that's good. Um, Daryl, uh, you can be helpful if you can do me a favor, my friend, and bring up my shared screen right now. I'm going to walk through a couple of setups here. So this is, I told you I was Googling. Right, I was telling, I was googling, and this is a few things that I found. I stuck them in my browser. So this came from Top Dog Sales and Marketing. Top, never heard of them before. Top Dog Sales and Marketing. Thank you. You guys did a great job. I bring this up because what I liked about this framework, and I'm not going to go into the framework. This is a technology conversation, but it, I think it needs a little setup. Is they broke this down really, really, really well. If you're going to have that conversation around how do you get alignment and what's the tech I need, you need to have a consensus. And what they've said is, listen, there's leads, there's prospects, there's opportunities, and there's clients. That's another way of looking at the funnel. That's really what it is, top to bottom. And they say, what's the marketing messaging? So you had Jim Carr talk about messaging, right? What are the sales activities that support you know, that messaging? What If marketing is doing this, what are our goals? Well, how do we enable sales? What are the tools and the processes? What is, what's the tech, all right? And then what's the content we need to support that? And what should the results be? And I like this because this does a couple of things. One of the areas you're going to have disconnect on is sales reps will never understand brand, but marketers get brand. You know, an organic lead coming to my website, they just found us because of Google, high intent value. That's brand. And that's the cheapest damn lead you're ever, ever going to get. But, you know, often high intent, it's going to also be the most likely to close. So that's an example of brand. But sales reps, they want leads and they want you to nurture it and then they want to engage, right? So this, I just love this. And you need, it says down here, training needed at all stages, technology needed at all stages. So let's just move on a little bit to the next tab here and hopefully everything works right. I love this one. This is, uh, comes from uh, Lead G2. Uh, that's the uh, in uh, dot the center for sales strategy.com. There we go. The center for sales strategy.com. And uh, so, again, not mine, giving them full credit. What I liked about this, they did a couple things here. It's really relevant. You need leadership buy in. This is a message you're going to see over and over again. In my case, I'm the CRO, I am leadership. But if you've got a head of sales and a head of marketing, then your CEO, they're the head of leader. Ship. They're the ones who need to buy in that you need this alignment. And you see a couple other messages that are really, really relevant here. They talk about uh, joint defined target personas. Hunter talked about that with his ICP. Agreed on what a lead qualification standard is. Standard, emphasis in the word standard. In other words, I go to a trade show and someone takes my tchotchke and they give me their business card. Does that meet the standard of how I would define a lead? It doesn't. 
So we have to agree on that, whether that be title, revenue, you know, BANT. I, again, not advocating for BANT, but you get the idea. Um, this is really important. This is one of the areas that's lost and where technology can help. You need to involve sales and marketing planning. And the second thing is you need to involve uh, sales and marketing planning. So that's the first thing. How can you use tech to force everybody to play nice and work together? Because without it, you're silos. Or you put in tech that furthers the silos. Love this as a theme you see over and over again. Install accountability. There's a consequence. That's why I wanted the data. All right. Agree on those key performance indicators. Here's the thing. If you don't have key performance indicators, then it's just a case of he said, she said, your leads suck. Will you suck and follow up? Okay. Who's right? But with the data and the KPIs and tracking that, then I can say, well, your leads suck because I can see that 90% of them are unqualified. Well, I can see that you're not doing a great job in follow-up because your average response time to a lead I give you is uh, 72 hours. And that's just not going to cut it. So KPIs are often meet frequently. Love that one. Moving on to the next one. This was really good. I like this one. This came from uh, Acadia LMS. I have no idea who they are. But what I liked about what they did here was they talked about goals, right? We talked about goal setting. You want to get alignment. And the idea is marketing's got a very different set of goals. Um, but with that all said, we need to understand each other's goals and measure it. That goes back to that accountability versus say sales. Sales got a very different set of goals. Moving on. I like this one. Seven. And this one came from resourcefulselling.com. Seven worrisome signs that sales and marketing are not aligned. Okay. This goes back to that Dan Disney little argument I had there that we shared. Um, look at some of this stuff. No one's accountable. You seen the theme here? You see, I'm leading up to the, to the technology conversation once we understand what we really need to achieve here. No one's accountable. No one speaks the same language. Yeah, you've seen that? Oh, there's perfect harmony. Yeah, there's never perfect harmony, but you want to drive for harmony. And again, why did the revenue team was we got rid of the he said, she said. They don't meet. You need technology, but you also got to put processes in place to make sure they meet. They don't trust each other. Oh, my goodness. Trust. Technology ain't going to fix that. Results. Shared results. Shared common causes will address that. They learn separately. They do. They have different styles, different formats, different tools. A lot of that's where technology is going to in. They have different tools. Uh, they hurry up to slow down. So that, <laughs> that was the classic case of quick, 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 I need this. And then they kind of go, yeah, I don't really need it. Then all of a sudden people are going, next time you ask for quick, 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 I'm not going to get it for you. But why did you need it in the first place? If we had better technology, then you would have it. So let me go through this one. I'm going to go very fast. Eight methods for better sales and uh, marketing alignment. Get executive buy-in. I'm hammering you on a theme. It's like they all went to the same articles and, and stole from each other. Create open communication. Come up with shared definitions and goals. Love that. Establish a service level agreement. Have you heard that yet? That's where sales and marketing have a piece of paper and they put down what the expectations are from each other. The rules of engagement, I like to call it. The thing is, if you're going to have a SLA, then you got to measure it. Again, accountability. Uh, evaluate and remove channels with low conversion rates. So if marketing is spending a lot of money in pay-per-click, <clears throat> stop spending it if it's got a low ROI. In fact, maybe you put that into more sales reps. All right. So again, you need to have the technology to measure the ROI. It's not just about managing the opportunity. Uh, and then of course, retarget cold leads. You got to know the leads are cold, right? So again, more tech. Uh, I like this last one. Tag team at events. That's just working together. Revenue team. We're on the same team. And last one, my nice little segue, invest in technology that supports alignment. And that's where we're going to go next. So you've been most patient with me. Thank you so much. I'm going to bring up this wonderful screen here. And I'm going to ask my good friend, Daryl Amy, to bring it back. Thank you so much, my friend. So this is me. I wrote in a Word doc. That's what I went all out for you guys. I want you to know that, that header, I had to get custom formatting on that header. That's how good I am for you. So let's talk about, they talked about getting alignment on goals. All right. That was understanding the big picture. But how can we use technology to do that? Many of you understand this. If I say to you, do you have corporate goals that you're all driven to uh, achieve. Often you would see that in a business plan. Others would say, uh, yes, they say yes, or they say no, they say, I have goals. You would know that from your own you know, HR compensation plan. You have goals. Um, but does that mean your goals are driving you towards 
the big picture. So the first thing you got to have is you got to have a business plan. And it sounds stupid. Technology number one is where people can collaborate and visualize and have input. Google Docs. Sounds stupid. It's a wonderful thing. And then you get tools like a Lucid Chart or a Visio for process flow mapping. So what's the customer journey? What happens when? Chart, chart, chart. What happens if there's a yes, no decision? What if they bounce off the website? What if they engage? Oh, they're now MQL. They're marketing qualified. There's a handoff. Does sales accept it? Yes or no. If they say no, what happens? If they say yes, where does it go? That process flow crazy. It gets people on the same page. It forces you to get granular. You stop making assumptions. So that technology is great for visualizing the big picture. Mind manager, great product from Corel lets you do just kind of general big picture uh, brainstorming. All right. And it's, it's dynamite when you're trying to fix problems. These technology gets you all aligned. Simple technology. Notice I didn't say CRM here once. Next up, and that whole alignment aspect you want to get consensus around goals. And the classic case of that is OKRs. So everybody has a you know objective, uh, key results. That's the process. Here's my objective. Here's my key results. And it starts all the way down. There's tools for that. If you've got a performance, an employee performance management pro product, uh, like you could use Lattice Performance Manager or 15.5, there's other tools out there. Um, then those tools have this feature built in. You need to implement OKRs through the whole organization from the CEO down to the individual contributor, whether they're a coder, a support person, a salesperson, or a marketing person. And, and they all roll up and align. That technology, when it's on paper or in the digital paper in this case, and you're being measured and monitored by it, trust me, it changes behavior. If you just want to do just OKRs, maybe you don't need a talent management system or performance management system, profit.co or uh, ally.io, both just do OKRs. So that's the first one. I bet you didn't see that one coming, but that's, you got to get everybody on the same page. Remember, this is about, we said sales and marketing alignment. In this case, it's actually not just sales and marketing, it's everybody else. All right, we're going to move it along. That was uh, one of five topics I'm going to cover off today that are based on all that wonderful research I did there. All right, next up, breaking down the silos. This is what I like to say, no secrets. So the first one we were all, at least we could all see, like for example, before we, going back to my first section there, one of the things we did, probably like you, we had a sales kickoff. I made sure every person had a copy of the business plan that was approved for this year. All right, but of course that was all done in the last quarter or so of last year, Google Docs, mind mapping, process charts, the whole nine yards. Now what we wanna do is we wanna collaborate. So that kind of sets the tone. That's the technology to say, these are the goals and this is the process. Now there's gonna be that day-to-day -day iteration. How, remember they said they don't talk. You saw that on all those documents this year. We gotta get them on the same team. We gotta get them sharing the same language. We gotta get them talking. Okay, let's start with getting them talking. When I came to VanillaSoft, we didn't have Slack. We didn't have Teams. We didn't have anything. We had email. And email was great. One of the things I brought in was Slack. And my CEO was like, well, I don't really think we need it. Because he's looking at the bottom line. Um, fast forward a year at that time. You could not pull Slack from anybody's cold, dead hands. Because for the first time, they had real-time integration. All right. They had visibility. They had channels that were theme based. So everybody was aware of what's going on in general topics, whether it's sales or technical support or customer success or marketing or who's doing what at the potluck back before we had COVID. Um, and then the second thing that we brought in to get the collaboration going, sounds stupid, project management tools. A big one there is Trello having those boards, having everybody on the sales and marketing, they understand what their obligations are and they're there and they're held accountable. So if the OKRs are holding you accountable, this project management tool is similarly holding you accountable and you can bring those together. So monday.com, Asana, Trello, really good project management tools to make sure 
we all see the big picture. We all know the accountability. So if we're going to do a webinar, because we want to drive a whole bunch of leads, that the whole process from cradle to grave, not just what marketing does, but what sales does too, content. So we're going to, we're going to make the slides, get the ghosts, do the production, do the invites. Sales is now going to jump in and they're going to physically go back to their, their target customers and prospects, invite them to the big gig. The big thing happens. Life is good. I got my list. We turn that into a video. We maybe start making a blog out of it or an ebook we pass the leads over immediately to sales sales accepts them sales starts doing an initial qualification they do it they have an actual webinar follow-up playbook maybe seven touches in seven days email phone social they got to follow it up in a certain timeline they're going to start calling within you know eight hours of that webinar concluding who the hell knows and then we're going to report back the results and if there's no engagement then we'll switch them over to an ongoing nurture. And if there is engagement, we'll add them to the pipeline. And that way we can track the lead source all the way to a deal. And now marketing knows that the money they spent on webinars resulted in a deal and there's an ROI there. And sales knows exactly how much work goes into making a webinar. And that was all done on project management. Crazy, crazy. But when people walk a mile in each other's shoes, they change how they look and talk to each other. And that's what project management does. All right. Breaking down the silos also mean this is where it gets fun. You saw this over and over again in some of the stuff, which is what is, you know, we talked about Hunter again, talked about our ideal customer profile. Who are we targeting? How many sales reps out there have been frustrated to all hell that marketing doesn't have a clue who our customer is because they're never on the phone or sales is frustrated because they're not following our target definition. They're just calling their buddies up, whoever's on the Rolodex, you know, their LinkedIn networks desperately looking for an opportunity. All right. You need to have agreement on your definition. That's why we had 100 do that whole session. What are the tools you can do? Well, there's a couple different. They allow you to physically see who's got what content. I'm um, sorry, who's got what market share. So for example, good example here at VanillaSoft or a sales engagement platform, a company like HubSpot. If you're a HubSpot user or a Marketo user, you'd be a good target for me. So I can use a product like HG Insights to physically go and find all those people. I can also see where the competitors in my space and whom I'm up against. I can see if there's a new market opportunity out there. So it sounds crazy, but getting everybody involved and in identifying who that team is, you're going to be shocked how you think. You're going to sit in a room. You're going to say, do we all agree what our ideal customer profile is? And you're all going to sit down. And then when you sit down, you start using HG Insights, uh, you're going to be like miles apart. And you're going to be like, do we work for the same company? So those tools give you the unbiased feedback. Next one, uh, Zoom Info, Sales Intel are great for targeting those people. So now you know exactly who to go after. And then you can either use that product to clean it or you can use other smaller tools like Clearbit to clean it. Why is that important on a technology side when you want alignment? It's critical because when I use a Zoom Info or a clear bit, every lead or contact that comes in, I'm going to standardize on all, what is their address? What is their revenues? What is their job title? What is their website? What is their SIC or NAIC code? I can never get it right. You know, what is their industry? So you, you know, you have a clear, constant definition of roles and titles and all that stuff. So now everybody in the team is talking the same language because we're using the same cleaning process and we can segment the same way. So that's dynamite. Um, so that's the, the, the whole data thing is critical, like you wouldn't believe. And then finally, it gets up to making content. So we talked about sales needs to consult with marketing on the content they want, but more importantly, marketing needs to consult with sales. The biggest complaint you see all the time is that uh, marketing, you're making content for me that I'll never use. Or sales, the content I'm making, you never use. And it's awesome. Or sales, marketing, nobody uses the language you use. Your words are stupid. That's not how my people talk. Uh, sales, the language you're using is not what the industry language is. That's not what they're saying in the articles. It's not what they're saying in the trade shows. It's not what we agreed to. Uh, it's not in the emails. It's an inconsistent experience, right? Okay. Using content tools helps you control the message. These are a couple of them you can use. Um, 
And the beauty of that is everybody's involved and we have an approved dictionary. So the messaging, Jim talked about this, getting everybody saying the same thing is huge. And the reason it's huge, it not only creates alignment, but more importantly, it creates a a consistent customer experience. Have you ever been involved where you go and you search a a, a product, you go to their website, you're like, yeah, this is what I need. And you've done all the reviews and you've looked at it and you've looked at all the content. You're like, yeah, this is it. And then you go and you call them and you're talking to them and you're like, I'm not following you. You're talking to the live rep now. I don't, I'm just, I'm not, I thought I was looking for this, but you're saying that. They were probably saying the same thing, but they're using different language and different analogies. Having that same consistent message is huge. So you got to have tools and that tools are reflected in a couple of places. One of them is your content. So everybody needs to have content contribution and visibility in the approved dictionary. So that's that. If I move it along, okay, now we're getting into the big one. Oh, I love this one. Shared expectations. All right. Shared expectations. We talked about this. This is how technology is going to make you alignment. Often, the reason you're out of alignment is because you have misplaced expectations. The example Dan and I gave, the example I just gave there a minute ago, my expectation as a marketer, when I do this campaign, I generate all these leads is I'm going to give them to you. And I'm going to say, sales, here you go. Aren't I great? And sales is going to go, great, thanks. My expectation is you're going to follow up those leads within an hour of them coming in, because we all know, we've all read the studies, follow up within an hour and your conversion goes through the roof. But what happens? Well, the current stat is it's actually 63 hours is the average response time. 63 hours. Do the math. 24, 48. My goodness, that's like a day, two and a half days. That leads gone stale. And then what happens? What happens is that sales says, we called, you know, 20 of your leads of those, you know, 200 you gave us. And none of, none of them knew who we were. They didn't know who we were. So we just stopped calling them. Well, it's because they knew who we were two and a half days ago, but they've forgotten and moved on since then. So that's misaligned expectations. We need to have same shared expectations. We have the name alignment, which goes back to the service level agreement we talked about. So how do we do this? Well, part of sales is expectations that they have all the intelligence they can have and that you're on, on, a, on a prospect coming in and that they can they're only going to get leads from you that are super qualified. Don't waste my time. That's the number one complaint you'll see. You're giving me crap to follow up on. I don't want to do that. If I'm following up on your webinar leads that are not qualified at all, or a trade show lead is not qualified, then I'm not selling because I'd rather be talking to somebody who's selling. So marketing automation, marketing engagement is the ability to actually nurture those leads to get them to the right score. At the same time, it shares with the sales reps every single touch point where they've been on your site, what they've watched, what they've consumed. So before they ever can call to them, they know exactly what their hot buttons are. Plus the rep can see that in fact, they're qualified. I got this lead because they hit a certain lead score. That creates a dynamic thing. So that's the enabler. Your challenge is going to be sit down and say, what's the lead score and what are the touches? If they visit our website, is that worth one point, five points, 10 points? If they attend a webinar, is that worth 20 points, 30 points, 40 points? Um, If they come to us more than once, is that another 10 points? What's the threshold? 40 points, 50 points, 100 points? That's the challenge you're going to have. But then again, we've already got the Google Docs and we've got all the collaboration tools up there. We've got the process flows, the Visios and Lucidchart. So that's going to help you. You see cause and effect. Um, but once it's done, those so tools like HubSpot and Marketo, fantastic for that one. But then it gets to sales engagement. So I talked about, I expect you to follow up on that lead and you wait at 63 hours. That's where sales engagement comes in. Most of the reps live in um, a product, a CRM tool like salesforce.com. And so they've been conditioned that I'm going to get these lists of all these leads I need to follow up on. And here's another missed expectation. A CRM giving you lists will typically cause reps to cherry pick. Okay, here's your first 25 leads. Sort it in order. Mr. Rep Salesforce is giving them to you. You do your thing. You follow up with them. But what do they do? They look at the lists and they start scrolling and they start, oh, look at number 10 is Microsoft. <gasps> number 15 is IBM. Number 25 is Slack. I'm going to call Microsoft, then IBM, then Slack. And I may or may not call the rest. But those guys, they got money. We know that, right? They're big. 
And so marketing gets annoyed. Sales engagement makes all that go away. It says, none, the list is gone. Every single lead that's MQL'd, we know, marketing knows that you're going to follow up on it. And you're going to follow up seven touches in seven days or 12 touches in 15 days or 18 touches in 30 days, or whatever it might be. That's your playbook, your sequence. And then suddenly you've got an alignment on the playbook and in the playbook, what the message is in sales and marketing working together and on the content and all the call to actions or not. That makes sure that those processes that you mapped out earlier are now instantiated in the actual handoff between sales and marketing. Because remember, you're doing the marketing side, you're doing the sales side, but we're the revenue team. And this is this way we have it all together. So sales engagement is huge. Uh, so tools like Vanilla Soft can help you do that. Sales enablement is amazing because the first thing that happens is the reps go, well, I don't have the right content or I'm not, I don't know the questions to ask at this point of the sales stage. In other words, they, they'll claim not to have the content, even though marketing will claim they've made it. They'll claim not to know the questions to ask, even though sales enablement, your team or your trainers have given them, these are the questions you ask at this part in the sales stages. So these tools actually handhold them and says, you will ask these questions as part of the discovery process. You will share this content if they want to know a case study or ROI calculator. This is the approved stuff. Nothing Nothing else, nothing that you've kept secretly on your hard drive that we don't know about, nothing that you cocked it on the weekend that we don't know about, this stuff. So now marketing's got alignment and consensus that sales is representing well. And even more importantly, sales leadership has comfort that their reps are following the approved sales methodology. That alignment, all of our expectations are monitored and controlled, huge. Now, the next thing goes down, this one is really powerful. Conversational intelligence is a brilliant way to have shared, aligned revelations. So intelligence, uh, conversational intelligence are tools like Gong or Chorus. And what that's all about is they're going to just record your calls that you're on with reps, and they're going to physically give you feedback on, you know, the rep talked 80% of the time. That's bad. Way too much talking. Um, the following competitors were mentioned. The following hot buttons were mentioned by the prospect. And what you start to see for the marketer, they start to see what it is that the prospects are really inquiring and wanting to know. For the marketers, they love this because now they can physically go make more content or do campaigns that supports this. And for the sales leadership, they now know what their reps need training on. Maybe they're talking too much, too many filler words, or they're missing those cues, those verbal cues, and not doing anything. So now you have alignment again between the organizations that we're optimizing our engagement process. So that is conversational intelligence. And finally, you know, what I like to say, the, the biggest truth and, and, and alignment happens when we all have the single source of truth. And that's where your CRM systems come in. The CRM system, usually salesforce.com is an example, or maybe it's a pipe drive. That's what allows everybody to hold everybody accountable on those KPIs. So that single source of truth is massive. All right, let me go over here. We're almost there. We're number four. You saw over and over again, accountability was massive. Holy smokes. Keep me accountable. What do we do for that? Well, that's simple dashboards and reporting. That's what it is. And there's some fantastic tools out there. If you're a salesforce.com user, there's tools built into it. You can go to the app exchange. One of the, my, my favorite is insightsquared.com. They have a ton of tools. Just out of the box, boom. These are all the metrics you should be following, sales, marketing, all the departments. And they're all looking at that single source of truth. If you want to be more sophisticated, you can use tools like Tableau. Maybe you don't have these tools. Maybe you have a combination of spreadsheets and, and maybe some MailChimp and some smaller systems. Tools like Clipfolio or Databox give you the dashboards that everybody can run across. I've used all these tools. They're dynamic. But if everybody sees a shared dashboard, especially when they log in, maybe you've got a portal, an intranet maybe, and there it is. Talk about accountability. And then you can gamify that to drive behavior. But the beauty is if I'm a marketing guy and I know that my campaigns are sucking and it's out there for the world to see, including my sales counterpart, I'm motivated to make sure that doesn't happen again. Similarly, it goes for sales. If sales wants to make sure they're going to uphold their end of the SLA to their marketing peers, and yet it's showing that we're taking 63 hours to respond to a lead. I'm not doing that, am I? So nothing like accountability, especially going back to the OKRs that we all set out in the KPIs. So we saw accountability as a common thread. Last but not least, 
how do we unite the teams? What technology can we do to do that? A lot of these solutions are giving you are point solutions for specific problems like accountability. That's a specific problem, right? Or collaboration or communication. That's a specific problem. But a shared strategy, and we talked about strategy. Um, the big thing there that works really, really well is account-based marketing. So account-based marketing says that both sales and marketing are working together to target a specific list of accounts. And marketing is going to do their point to engage with them and just see, they don't have to click through anything. I can just see if you're looking at my ads, I can see how many times you've been to my website. I can do metrics to see, look, we have prospect A, B, and C who are really coming on hard. They're just checking us out, even though they've never once filled out a form. Mr. Sales Rep, Miss Sales Rep, you should call this person because I suspect they're, they're kicking the tires, something serious. ABM, where it unites the people, unites the whole revenue team, is on identifying who those contacts and accounts are. Are so most people when they look at ABM, they look to talk to people like Topo, now Gardner, and other industry influencers. They'll say typically for any sales rep, any uh, or any sales team, you're going to want to have um, five large accounts. You're going to go after. I think of those as your whales. You're going to have forty named accounts. Those are your very typical client, and then five hundred industry accounts. So those are the ones. Maybe they're smaller, um, but they could be your clients. And those large accounts, the whales, that's one-to-one. So you're going to use marketing one-to-one. So every one of those accounts, there's only five of them. Ever, the buying committee is five to 10 people. So let's say 10 people per account. That's five, five accounts times 10, 50 contacts. Marketing is going to do 50 campaigns for it. Just a campaign to Daryl Amy, a campaign to Jim Carr, a campaign to Jeb Blunt. All right. And it's personalized messaging, as is sales going to do the exact same thing. When you get down to the name, that's kind of one to few. I'm going to do it to IBM, to Microsoft, not necessarily to those 10 people, but to the company. Um, and sales can do the same thing. And marketing is making content and sales is following up and sharing that content. And then industry accounts is just the industry. Uh, we are awesome in the insurance industry. We are awesome in the manufacturing industry. And again, so this is a shared list, shared resource, shared messaging, shared identified Targets, we are going after five plus 40 plus 500. So maximum, maximum 545 accounts that we're going to go after. That is dynamite. Companies like Sixth Sense, Demand Base, and Terminus do that. So with that, my friends, uh, I'm just simply going to say to you, I am fundamentally out of stuff to share. I've talked about technology. I basically outlined very common tech stacks. The reasons the tech stacks are there is to create alignment on the team and accountability and insights and visibility and to ensure we're all playing towards the same goal. You may not need everything I've just shared with you, but it could be one of those issues you really need. Maybe accountability is huge for you. Maybe that handoff between sales and marketing just to hold each other accountable. Maybe just doing something like OKRs will change the culture of the organization. We've got to start there first. Lots of tech, but you got to do that. Get rid of the silos. With that, I'm going to call back Daryl and uh, Jim. I uh, I am one minute past my allotted time. I suck. Are you going to hold me accountable? We uh, yeah, it is on the board back there. The KPI has been <laughs> tracked, right. and it will be discussed at our next sales and marketing alignment meeting. Daryl, that was fantastic. Uh, seriously, thank you. And, uh, you know, it was interesting in the beginning, you were joking about the clean sheet and uh, no guidance. And I really wanted to see what a CRO like you would come back with. And that was perfect. I mean, what a what a comprehensive framework for thinking about technology. So fantastic. We've got some questions coming in. And uh, Daryl has got some answers. So, But the first question, though, before we, we take some more questions from the, the crowd, and by the way, if you want to chime in on YouTube, we've got a few minutes here to take some questions um, we'll bring up. But Daryl, I'm, I'm curious, you know, we've got people listening in from, um, I know, signed up for this challenge from enterprise companies all the way down to solopreneurs. Yeah. Um, so it's a, it's a broad brush here. Uh, but where you know if if you're looking and you're you're that company going man I thought we just needed CRM and maybe some email software <laughs> where where you know and and our eyes are open today to these categories 
where would you start in terms of making a technology plan? And I know it's, once again, it's a broad audience, so it's a tough question to answer, but where would you begin? There's a couple areas. Uh, so if you're an enterprise company, I've just kind of painted for you probably a tech stack you're in the middle of deploying or have already deployed, or maybe even more. You, it can actually, believe it or not, folks, get a lot more expensive and sophisticated than what I've just shown you. Mm -hmm. um, but if you're a smaller company, small to medium size, where do you go? And that's a brilliant question. Uh, I would go a couple of different areas. Three come to mind. One is I would get cultural alignment in the whole organization around shared goals. Mm -hmm. Even if it's just sales and marketing, just what are those shared goals? Um, second thing I would do uh, is I would physically then have a single view of the whole customer journey. That often is your CRM system. But to do that, that means marketing and sales needs to be feeding that CRM system, right? So if yeah. you want a holistic view of the customer journey, as I was explaining, marketing, whether they're part of the CRM, maybe they're just using Salesforce. I mean, Salesforce has got a basic form capability. I can put it on a cheap landing page, a WordPress site, you know, so I can start with something as affordable as that. So we're all in the same system. Or if you're going to buy something, maybe you can't afford a market. I'll totally get it. Maybe HubSpot's not for you. Maybe you're Zoho. I don't know. Maybe you're just using a landing page tool and an email product like um, Unbounce or Instapage and the landing page side and MailChimp um, on the email side. You want to pick technology that has an out-of-the-box integration with Salesforce. Uh, and if you can't do that, if whatever you've got and it doesn't have that, that to me, that would be a warning flag that would heavily influence my decision if I was centralized on Salesforce. And when I say Salesforce, maybe it's not Salesforce, maybe it's Pipedrive, maybe, you know, like for example, the company that we acquired in the fall company called AutoClose, they were all in on Pipedrive and Intercom. They had two tools, just those two tools for all their marketing and their single point of view. And it was, it was an incredible stack. So aligned goals, one source of truth, and then accountability. You know, the CRM you use is going to have those um, basic report writing tools. But if not, a product like Databox, last I checked, I've not checked in several months, you can get for less than 50 bucks a month and it gives you a dashboarding tool that you can actually do it. Clipfolio, I know, has a free version, a freemium version that you can use. So there are ways around there, but... This, it comes back to alignment around what are we doing here? Everybody's on the same page and we're going to hold you accountable. So it starts with alignment, ends with accountability, and in between is that single source of truth. Beautiful. Jim, we've got a question from Spencer. Why don't you tee that up? And um, this is an interesting question. Sure. Uh, Spencer uh, is with a wholesale business, Daryl. And uh, and he said in, in the their world, the one of the vexing problems for them is taking what he calls differentiating content. So I think make competitive differentiation and some of the details there that's present with their sales team and in training. And he says, how do we keep that engaging? This more on the marketing side with blogs, videos, social, et cetera. So information that may be more on the sales and the training side, and how do we keep that alive and fresh on the marketing side? So I guess this, I would, I would ask Spencer, are we trying to keep it engaging with the sales reps or engaging with your target audience? I'll, I'll answer both. If you're trying to keep it engaging with your target audience, I'm going to say something really, really obvious here. Uh, point number one, don't pitch. No one cares a, a two hoots, um, you know, about your features and functions or services per se but they do care about the issues that you address and how you make their life better. So speak to those issues. Um, classic case in point. I'm just in the process. Uh, we just bought an RV. I know it's lame. Um, once you hit 50, you lose all, all your coolness. And, um, and we want to replace the floor in the RV. So I go to YouTube about how to replace floor, what's the right product. And I end up, you know, going to some manufacturers videos about the different, different types of products you have laminate, do you have hardwood, do you have uh, plank vinyl, uh, do you have um, linoleum, whatever it might be, right? Pros and cons. 
they didn't once pitch me on which product I should buy. They t- they educated me on the challenges. And watch out when you when you're in an RV specifically, you have these slide outs come in and out. That's you gotta watch out for that. And here's different kinds of slides. When does a flooring manufacturer have any context around the different kinds of slides an RV would have? But they are they educated about it. And when you see that, you're like, okay, cool. Of course, you're watching the video the whole time, you're going. I really like that floor. Let's go check the notes on that video. What floor is that? What's the make and model? And then you buy it. So speaking to the panes as opposed to the products and features, they didn't once talk to me about the finish on it and the glues they use and their, you know, their, uh, does it have cork on the bottom or not? And the sound insulation didn't go into that. That's the first, that's middle of the funnel. So that's where your sales rep really kicks in. How do you keep it engaging? Oh, the last, and one B on how do you make it interesting is mix it up. You can't just rely on a blog. You got to get in social. You got to use video, hmm. right? You got to, the, the best thing you can do is people buy from people. Mm-hmm. So if you're brave enough, put yourself out there, anoint yourself as the token spokesperson and be the subject matter expert and get out there. That's literally what I've done at Vanilla Soft. I got the, no one wanted that job when I got there. Um, but, it, it, the, you know, the engagement from here to here, just because people buy from people, not from companies. For the reps, that's where the data comes in, right? You can start to measure which data, which content pieces were used that resulted in um, action. So, for example, when I send this email that had this content, they responded in one hour. When I use this email that had this other content, they, res- they didn't respond at all. That suggests that either the email is really well written or the content's really good or both. So show them the simple path to make their life easier and they will follow you blindly because they just want the commission check. What a practical and powerful discussion today from Daryl Prail on how to get sales and marketing aligned around technology. I encourage you to take the content from today's session and work together with your sales or marketing counterpart to get on the same page. If you'd like some more help on that, Take a look at the other sessions at the 2021 Sales and Marketing Alignment Challenge. Just go to 2021alignmentchallenge.com or text the word alignment to 21,000 to get access to all of the challenge recordings and the future bonus sessions. Thank you for joining us next week. Thank you for being committed to growth. And until next time, let's get going and let's get growing. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com. Would you like to get complimentary access to the Revenue Growth Engine audiobook? Just text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book. You'll get instant access to the audiobook so you can get ideas to help you grow your revenue so you can scale your impact. Text the word REVENUE to 21000 or go to revenuegrowthengine.com slash book to get instant access. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I hope you found ideas to help you drive exponential revenue growth so your business can make more of an impact. If you've enjoyed today's conversation, make sure to like or subscribe. It also helps us spread the word if you'd be kind enough to leave a review. Of course, we'd love it if you would share this with your friends. Together, we are growing revenue so we can scale our impact.